You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Edelman, founder and director of Taking Control of Your Diabetes, clinical professor of medicine, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, University of California, San Diego, and San Diego Veterans Administration Healthcare System. What are the possible implications of healthcare reform for healthcare professionals treating people living with diabetes? Joining us to discuss the elements of proposed healthcare reform is attorney specializing in diabetes in Los Angeles, California, Chris Halpern. Mr. Halpern, welcome to Reach MD. Thank you. What is the current state of coverage for people living with diabetes right here and now in the United States? One in seven. That's approximately 15% of all adults in the United States with diagnosed diabetes have no health insurance. That's one group. Another group is those of us who do have health insurance who are at the risk of losing our health insurance. If we get divorced, if we have a situation where we lose our jobs. Why? Because we no longer get it through our employer. And although from COBRA you can continue to, to get it, you have to be able to afford it. And the cost for people with diabetes after their COBRA coverage ends uh, is extraordinary. So many of the people who were insured become uninsured because they simply cannot afford it on the individual coverage market. See, there's another issue related to this that I'd like to mention, which is that 7% of people with diagnosed diabetes saw no health care provider at all in in the prior year of when the study took place. One in four, that's 25% of people with diagnosed diabetes, have no usual source of health care at all. In other words, they get lucky when they get to a health care provider, and then they get lucky sometime in the future to see another one, but it's not the same one. And with a chronic illness, with something like diabetes, it is so critical to be followed by the same person who's familiar with the patient, who knows what's going on, who knows what's been tried, who knows what is and isn't working. But these people without health insurance are not getting that kind of care in enormous numbers. Yeah, and those are the folks that end up in the emergency room. Exactly. And, and what's more is that those people who, who do eventually end up on Medicare cost much more money when they're finally getting good care because they've had lousy care for so many years previously. So if you've gone 10, 15, 20 years without good, solid health care, and then you end up in a system where you're finally going to receive it, you already have problems that are far worse than they ever would have been. So the expense to the system is greater because of the lousy care at a younger age. That's a serious problem that hopefully reform in whatever way it passes will fix. it'll, It'll have to fix that to a great extent and from what's being discussed right now, it looks as if it will, and, and that's a positive thing. I think no, no way about it. As long as people are getting better care 
at an earlier age, they will develop less significant complications from their diabetes. And all of that, by the way, leaves out the fact that we're only talking about people who are diagnosed. If people are in a healthcare system, they're more likely to be diagnosed. If they're getting uh, uh, tested regularly, they're more likely to find out that they even have diabetes. As, as you know, one-third of people with diabetes in this country don't even know they have that. Yeah, and just to summarize what you just said, I think most of the listeners would understand that a little bit of prevention and proper therapy in the early stages can save a ton of money and improve quality of life as folks get older. Exactly. What are the possible implications of healthcare reform for people living with diabetes? We don't know for certain what that's going to look like, what it's going to cost, how it's going to work, but it does appear that we will be in a situation where all people with chronic illness have the opportunity to obtain health care in one form or another, and that when you lose your job, that won't mean that you will be obliged to lose your health care. That's the situation we're in now, and I think those two issues are what clearly are going to change if virtually anything under discussion passes. Well, Chris, let's take someone who doesn't have previous health insurance, and they're applying for insurance for the first time, and they have a pre-existing disease like diabetes. I know in the current system, you could be turned down just point blank or charge maybe $10 million a year. How will our health care reform affect those folks? Okay, well, it, it appears that, that under all the plans being seriously considered at this time, that those people would have an option. What's unclear yet is what that option will be and how much it'll cost and, and how much the government will assist people who can't afford it. But it, it looks at this time as if anybody who wants health care coverage will get it in one form or another, will be allowed either to purchase it on some kind of a market or, and, if they can't afford it, to get help uh, to make that purchase. What's being debated is how much help they'll get and who will be able to get that help and what the market will look like that these people can purchase into. The main thing is that there will be something available that does not now exist. Well, do you anticipate that there will be easier access to newer diabetes tools and medications with the passage of health care reform? Yes, I do. Um, right now, a lot of times private health plans will look to Medicare. If Medicare is paying for a particular kind of diabetes tool, then the private plans will typically follow and do what Medicare does. That happened with insulin pumps say, about 10 years ago, when finally Medicare started being more willing to pay for pumps. And there were a lot of changes that took some time before Medicare decided who would get insulin pumps and who wouldn't and how they would pay for it and how it would be determined. But once Medicare started doing it, the individual plans started doing it too, because Medicare will make the, those decisions more quickly than the private health plans tend to do it. What's your response to a public option? And can the government uh, run a good health care system based on what they've already been doing? We can look to the general satisfaction levels of people in this country getting health care through some kind of government plan. And, and the best example of that, of course, is Medicare. Medicare patients in this country 
are, for the most part, extremely satisfied. It's been one of the most successful programs in the history of this country, and it has done a wonderful service. And when when the elderly population hears that there will be cutbacks in Medicare, problems with Medicare, people get incredibly scared. Why? Because they are happy and grateful to have it in the first place. So my own view is that hopefully we can find a way to improve and expand that system so that more people can be just as happy and and pleased with their health care as the people who are on Medicare are now. We can keep it secure and hopefully get more people into the system. Thanks, Chris. That was uh, that was an excellent response. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Stephen Edelman, and I am speaking with Chris Halpern. We are discussing the elements of proposed health care reform as it relates to diabetes. Well, let's turn now, Chris, to the health care provider. What is the impact going to be on health care providers treating people with diabetes? The good that, that I expect to see is that health care providers will waste less of their time fighting with health plans to get paid and to have things covered for their patients. The downside for providers that I I see as possible is that there may be cutbacks that in, in how much they are paid. There's a lot of providers right now who see a possible expansion of Medicare hurting their economic bottom line because Medicare often pays less than private plans will pay. But my hope is that the good will offset the bad so that not only are the patients receiving better care, but the providers are being paid more properly, more promptly, and with less fighting to get that kind of care for their patients. What can healthcare professionals do to help their patients get the best care possible, no matter what type of medical system we have? The system that we have now, and, and frankly, the system that we will have, is going to be dependent on providers letting patients know what they need and explaining to patients, especially, obviously, with diabetes, anybody with a chronic condition, um, what it is they need to, to, to obtain to deal with their illness. That's going to be true in whatever system that we have, and it's certainly true now. So what does that mean? It means, for example that if a provider who's dealing with a patient who has diabetes sees that that patient is having problems uh, uh, managing their blood sugars and they're going up and down too much, if if there's issues of hypoglycemia where they're not noticing that the insulin is hitting them too hard and they're falling low and that's a problem, then they need to discuss what options are available with their patients. And, and that's always going to be true. Under the laws that exist in most states today, you can only get something like an insulin pump or a continuous glucose monitor, various tools of that nature, if your provider feels it's medically necessary. So the way to work the system is to explain to the patient what is needed to get their blood sugars managed better, to get their diabetes controlled better, and then make sure they understand it. Once that's done, 
it would certainly help if the provider is willing to put that in writing to the plan. So, so what I often will recommend to providers is that they just have some kind of a template, a letter that can go out to the health plan that doesn't need to be changed dramatically for each patient to say, I believe my patient needs this and here's why. I would like to thank our guest, attorney specializing in diabetes in Los Angeles, California, Chris Halpern. Chris, thank you so much for spending time with us on Diabetes Discourse. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for listening to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. To learn more about diabetes and the role of GLP-1, visit novomedlink.com forward slash DIA. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, visit us at reachmd.com. Daddy, what are you reading? I'm reading about something called GLP-1. Is it a robot? No. (laughs) GLP-1 is a natural hormone that helps regulate glucose metabolism. Its multiple actions are critical to glucose control. Huh? Okay. Well, GLP-1 works in a glucose-dependent manner. It stimulates the beta cells in your pancreas to secrete insulin and inhibit the liver from releasing excessive glucose by reducing glucagon secretion from alpha cells. It also helps regulate food ingestion by slowing gastric emptying in your stomach here (laughs) and making you feel full. Like at Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, I don't get it. Is it important? Well, GLP-1 is important because it impacts the multiple systems affected by diabetes. It also plays a significant role in protecting beta cells, a key to slowing diabetes progression. Unfortunately, many people with type 2 diabetes have impaired GLP-1 secretion and impaired beta cell response to GLP-1. Like Grandpa? Yes. And like many of my type 2 diabetes patients. That's why I want to make sure I'm looking at the whole picture in diabetes. Sustained control of A1C is important, but we can't stop there. It's important to look at weight, cardiovascular risk, and beta cell dysfunction. Impaired GLP-1 physiology is also a part of the problem, and the multiple actions of GLP-1 throughout the body are critical. So, the GLP-1 robot will help you see the whole picture. (laughs) Yes, I guess, in a way, it will. Novo Nordisk is a world leader in diabetes care and is dedicated to ongoing research. To learn more about GLP-1 and the role it plays in diabetes, please visit novomedlink.com slash DIA.